So before we get into this episode, I'd just like to acknowledge that we're recording on Jar Jar Rung country and I'd like to pay my respect to elders past, present and future. And we can't wait to get some First Nations artists on our show to share their creativity. Welcome to episode two, the first snippet. Uh, This is going to be a real short, sharp, snappy episode where we dive into a really specific part of building a creative uh, endeavor and becoming a thriving country creative. So I'm just going to jump straight into it. Reese. what are we talking about today? Yeah, well, this is for those early days when you're not really maybe sure what what does this journey entail you know what what am I getting myself into should I even bother being a creative person my mum said I shouldn't do it you know (laughs) does that mean you shouldn't do it hell no so let's have a look at how we can actually break it down to look at making a start and I think if you're an artist and you're already working you might get a little bit out of this if you think about how you start smaller projects within your business. So I would say that the first point in a creative career or a creative endeavor is that you enjoy it. Like it's about Mm. creating for yourself first and foremost and, you know, build it and they will come as they say. But Mm. I think there's some truth to that. You need to just enjoy what you're doing because if you you don't want to enjoy your job, you could just go work at a bank or something, you could do anything. Yep. Why are you jumping into this kind of line of work? There is much easier ways to make money. Uh, we can say that, isn't there? They, and much uh, less stress. So if if you're thinking, man, I'm going to make a creative business and build in, uh, this, this uh, creative endeavor just to make money, uh, it's probably not a great motivation that's going to push you and hold you on the journey through the really hard times. As Reese is saying, you've got you've to work out what this is for you and, and what are you going to do that you actually really love doing. If it's something that you love doing, that you get a lot of uh, creative energy from, then that's probably a good sign that um, you're onto something that you could uh, turn into a creative career. Caleb, do you remember the first moment when you realised, like the earliest moment when you first thought, I'm going to be a creative person? And maybe it wasn't in that language, but you yeah. know, that was when you first identified to yourself that you were going to be in the creative industry. <laughs> uh, my story is a little bit of a um, uh, a different one, and I won't I won't go into too much detail. But um, I decided or discovered that I was going to work in some area of the film industry when I was about nine. Um, <laughs> that's not everyone's experience, and it's not a lot of people's experience these days. But I knew I wanted to be um, a a creative and work in a creative industry. Yeah, from a really young age. But I suppose one um, area when I was kind of more seriously looking at it, it had a lot to do with my family. I had friends that were getting married or family that were getting married and I was studying film at uni and they asked me to capture their wedding, do a wedding video for them. So I started doing a few of those just like when I was pretty young and mum actually said, hey, you could do this as a business, you know. Part of my personality, at a challenge I have is procrastinating something. I, th- I thought, man, I'm going to be in the film industry. I'd oh, make being a wedding videographer, making a video business. Nah, that's not that's not for that's me. Lame, that's, that's lame, mum. That's lame, mum. I'm, I'm going to make feature films. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it took a few years after mum suggesting that 
for me to go, hey, you know what? I could make a video business. (laughs) And (laughs) it's your idea, yeah. yeah. As if it was my original idea. (laughs) But I suppose the support from from family and another little quick one, when showing my dad um, one of the videos I'd made, um, one of the first commercial kind of videos I'd made, it was actually for um, Get Naked Espresso, funnily enough. I showed him just to get some feedback and, like, he almost started crying. Like, he, he was like, you made that. And I could just feel how proud he was of me. Mm. And that that was just, you know, that's just gold to me. So it, it really indicated that I was onto something. That's pretty special, mate. I, I really I really love that. And I can relate to you in having a really supportive family in uh, my endeavours to be, you know, uh, being in an industry that's a little bit lesser known to the general public, like people don't yeah. really understand it. And hopefully we can talk a bit more about that in the future. Yeah. Um, Oh, mine's pretty straightforward. I just love to draw pictures. I just love love drawing. And then I found out you could be a graphic designer and do draw pictures for a job. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's me for sure. Anyway, love things it. have changed from now, from there. But um, yeah, that like I would say that we both were just doing it for ourselves yep. because we wanted yep. to learn and discover and figure it out and be better at it. And then like that's where it progresses into like, hey, someone says you could do that for a job, you know, and it's hard to get that self-confidence up to that level. But I think it's just about starting. And once you've made that work and you start to feel a bit more comfortable with your flow and your process and talking and showing you, talking about your work and showing your work to people becomes more comfortable. That's when you might start thinking about, hey, I might, I might jump into this. I've got a bit of confidence up and, and I'm going to go for it. Yep. So when you see yourself um, uh, doing that thing um, and, you know, it, it evolves and changes, as you said, but when if you can see yourself doing that creative thing as a career day in, day out, then um, that's a really good indication that, you know, you could start a business and you could, you could make this your every day. What do you reckon, what's the first step to starting? Like, obviously, you're not going to start your empire right away day one so how do you actually start building that myself i know when i started i got caught in the i need to plan out what this looks like perfectly before i start and that just led to no action that led to me doing nothing like i had two business partners when we started and we just did we had like three months of meetings about starting and brainstorms. And we were trying to plan out like, you know, make our business plan that stretched, you know, 10 years into the future. And we really were trying to design that empire. Um, And we just didn't do anything. And it wasn't until we paired it right back and said, look, what do we need to do to start? And we just did that. The first thing we did was kind of define what it was that we did. We uh, we made videos. Why were we doing it for people was because we saw a need. Businesses needed to communicate. Video was great for communication. You know, it all kind of fit together. And then we just started getting out there and, and introducing ourselves to the people that we thought had the need for what we did. Yeah, yeah, totally. And starting small, like it's interesting we're talking about starting something and like this podcast is recently just started and I was not sure when we first discussed this concept in November 2021 whether we would actually pull it off or not you know like we'd had a couple of catch-ups and chats like are we actually going to do it but what we did was we put a few things in place 
to make ourselves accountable and also just to start like here's a blank page let's just dump some info on it and then yep. it sits there for when we're ready to action it and I don't think we we didn't overthink it too much we just wanted no. to get together we had a few chats we had a few practice runs and here we are we don't know if it's going to work or succeed or <laughs> fail but we don't really care either I don't think but so yeah starting small and let's see what it becomes from here. Yeah, it's, it's a one step at a time thing. You may have a grand and epic vision and that's great, but don't try and do every part of that so that, you know, it works out perfectly as as you've planned in your head. You, you really have just got to treat it like that analogy of, you know, how do you eat, eat an elephant is one, one bite at a time. How do you walk around the world one step at a time? You've really just got to focus on that one next step because if you don't know, if you focus on, you know, the 10th step down the road, you're not going to take that first step. You've really got to take it take it slow and take it small and just focus on doing something to progress towards your, uh, your goal. Now, what do you reckon um, some of the foundations might be for starting? Like some of the things you should be considerate of some of the things you should focus on first to make your start. And I guess this will change depending on your learning style or depending on the industry you're in. I was just thinking about focusing on building up a portfolio of what you do. So this is a really great chance to have all the creative freedom in the world. This is where you got to show what you can do and show, I don't think people care too much about that precision, perfect execution. They want to see that you've got potential in that space. So if we're looking at becoming a mural artist, you don't have to start with a 20 meter by 20 meter wall to fill a portfolio. It just has to be like work within your scale, but also push yourself. So it's a chance to do both, do a really, have a really good outcome and, and push yourself in certain aspects because the portfolio is really the thing everyone is going to ask to see. Yeah, I think that's a, a key for any really creative endeavor is as creatives, we can visualize in our minds uh, what is possible a lot of the time. Uh, we have that kind of that mental picture that we draw from, but um, it's really important to understand that when you're talking to people, um, especially in the corporate world, some some of them will not have that ability. They won't. You won't be able to describe something to them, and for them to imagine it visually in their in their minds. A lot of people just don't think that way. So it's really important to have something to show to people when you are introducing yourself and. Uh, and saying, hey, I could do something for you or I think I could help you in some way, it's really important to have that visual to show them. Yeah, I really love that. And uh, terminology, like talking to people, if you're in that beginning stage, you might not have all of the terminology to, you know, confuse your potential clients. But <laughs> I don't go in talking to a corporate client saying, oh, yeah, there's a gradient and a <laughs> uh, you know, a blur. I don't go in using all these descriptive terms that a creative Technical person terms, would yeah. understand. I talk yep. about it from their perspective, like, yep. hey, uh, this is going to have an impact for your customers. And they go, ooh, oh, we're going to use yep. bright colour so you can't walk past it. Ooh, you know, like you, you, there's that getting bogged down in the detail when the people you're showing yep. kind of just need the uh, yeah. some more broad strokes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's about um, positioning what you're saying from the perspective of your audience. So the one classic thing, uh, way of remembering that is the what's in it for me um, acronym or with him. Um, what is in it for me? That's what people are thinking. They're, they're, when they're 
when you're talking to them, they're thinking, what is in it for me? Why do I care about this? And the fact of the matter is then they don't really have any reason to care about what you want or what matters to you. They are thinking, how does this benefit or help my endeavors or my goals? So you've got to speak from that from that perspective and with that understanding. So pitching things in a way that you're saying, what what I want to do is going to achieve this outcome for you. And that's going to matter because it's going to affect you like this. Mm, yeah, that's a really great point. Another really pivotal thing that you can do when you're starting your business that people might uh, underestimate is networking. And uh, yep. I've got a really good um, story about how successful networking has been for me. And it was involving uh, BNI, which is a networking group. Have you ever been to a BNI meeting, Caleb? Business Networking International? I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have been to a BNI. Yeah. Yeah. I was, at, I joined up to a BNI many years ago. It sounds like a bit of a cult, uh, but, <laughs> and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of effort to uh, ensure, because the idea of the meeting was you get to know this group of business people really well. And then when the time comes and you're having a conversation with a potential client and they're like, oh, my bookkeeper just moved away. You go, oh, actually, I know a bookkeeper. Here's their business card. And people will do the same for you as well. So not only you've got these 10 core people who you potentially do work for them as well, but you've also got their extended network. So say each of those 10 people has 50 people that they touch base with in a, in whenever time. You know, that's a huge expansion of your network. Um, and that's a really formal way to do it. That was like a, a real commitment and it forced me to do it and it forced me to go and meet new people and have those meetings and discussions and just learn how to talk about what it is that I do. So I found that really uh, beneficial and I know so many of the people that were in that BNI, I still utilize their business today and I yeah. know them on a really good personal level as well as I'm super interested in their business and they really care about mine still. So, you know, it can yeah. really set up a long term relationship um, through good solid networking. Do you have any networking tips? Yeah, definitely. So networking is like one of the most powerful uh, things from my experience in business. The more people you know, the more people know you. And people love to work with people they know. People are, you know, relationally wired. We love to know someone to be in relationship with them and and to work with someone that will benefit you know yourself and that you can help you know that's that's the whole concept of networking but it can be quite daunting for for some people and a lot of personalities that they, they're not public speaking is what is i think is the most common fear in the world pretty much yeah nearly everyone has some sort of aversion to public speaking so getting good at that is uh, one of the most beneficial things you can do. If you can overcome a fear or a hesitation towards getting in front of a group of people and speaking um, about yourself, then that's great. One thing that uh, a tip I would give is try, um, especially if you're networking just in a one-on-one -on -one or you know in a small group setting, um, don't make it about you. Mm. People love to speak about themselves, but when, only when they're asked. And people love someone who is interested in them. 
Um, so if you can enter a conversation and just ask really good questions about the other person, any kind of walls that are up are just going to fall down and you're actually going to start building a relationship with them. You don't have to go to everyone in, you know, in a networking setting and try and sell yourself. That's not how I do it anyway. Yuck. I, 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 yeah, yuck. I don't want to do that. Like I, I don't believe that the world is about me. Um, so I don't want to go into a networking setting and go, hey, this is why you should care about me. I go into a networking setting and say, uh, with curiosity and I am trying to find out people that uh, I could connect with that are going to be beneficial for both of us. But the way I do that is go, hey, tell me about you. Yeah, that's super interesting because if you find out about them, you can identify without telling them what you do, you could identify if they're an ideal client or not. We 100%. might be jumping down the uh, the list of, of progress here, but <laughs> I really appreciate that uh, comment you've just there, made there, mate. It's a pet peeve, just meeting new people or even people you know, and you you sit there and you listen to them talk about themselves, even though you Ugh. haven't asked. Ugh. Oh, boring. <laughs> Get me out of there. So boring. <laughs> like if I've asked a question, sure, like you tell me about it and I'll probably ask more questions, but you know, it's a two-way street and you've got to mm. be genuinely interested in what someone else is interested in or, you know, what they do or how they do it. Um, yep. And in return, like they're more likely to be interested in what you do and it becomes a genuine transaction. Yeah, definitely. Another big tip that I just thought of in, in the networking sense that really makes you, can make you feel a lot more comfortable is the understanding and the acceptance that you don't know everything. I remember as a as a young, um, you know, late teenager, young twenties, kind of getting into networking circles, and I felt so intimidated because I had a perception that everyone else knew a lot more things than me, and that I could look silly if I was talking about something and I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't understand the term that they meant or things like that. I kind of cancelled out that uh, having an effect on me by actually just owning the fact that I don't know everything. And when I'm going into a conversation, being okay with not knowing what someone's talking about, you can turn that into a strength because when you, if you don't know what someone's talking about, that is a perfect conversation point to ask them about it. Mm. And so that just helps conversation flow really well. And you don't, you know, you don't get stuck in that place of going, you know, nodding, smiling and nodding, and then having no idea what they're talking about and then trying to throw something in that makes you sound like you know what they're talking about and then you look silly. No, that's that's really a great point. Um, and it can be so awkward just meeting new people in these settings. Uh, just be patient, get started, yep. get out there, make it your family and friends, just get get comfortable. Because yep. I guess when, when it comes to it, they're going to ask, oh, so what do you do? And if you don't <laughs> really have an answer pre-built, then you kind of feel awkward mumbling your way through it. So that would be like do a little bit of prep. Make yep. sure you're ready to say your piece when someone asks or give them yeah. the uh, the 10 second, this is what I do. I It's been a really good chat, especially around networking, mate. I, mm. I really rate the importance of networking and doing it properly, uh, creating yep. good relationships. All right. Well, that's our first snippet with the – country creatives we hope you've enjoyed they're very short and sharp and we're hoping that we might delve in deeper to some of the topics where you find the most interest or you might find the most value 
Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on our next episode, which is going to feature an amazing uh, young artist that is killing it. Can't wait. I'm spoiling the surprise, mate. If you've listened all the way through to the end of this episode, you get to find (laughs) out that our guest, our first ever guest on Country Creatives is Troy Firebrace, a local Jar Jar Rung and Yorta Yorta artist. So really looking forward to sharing that with you. The Country Creative Podcast is hosted by Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell. Amy Chapman produces the show and support for the podcast comes from the Emporium Creative Hub in Mitchell Street, Bendigo. Country Creative's podcast can be found wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, we would love it if you subscribe, comment or simply share with your creative friends. All links and notes to today's show can be found at emporiumcreativehub.com.au.